What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today with my good friend, Kim Doyle, or the WP chick, the WordPress chick, however you might remember her. We're going to talk about that today, sort of shifting, not totally rebranding. I know some of you might have said, well, <laughs> why aren't we talking about rebranding in this episode? I don't really think it's a full rebrand. And I think a lot of us, at least I know a lot of the colleagues in the WordPress space, a lot of us have focused our attention myself included, so heavily around the WordPress open source software, the technologies around that, the community, and a lot of our uh, sort of brand recognition has always been about just uh, the one component of WordPress. And there's so much else to making your online presence succeed um, that it's not just WordPress. And Kim recognized that probably well over a year ago at this point and started really repositioning her brand to offer more. We talk about that in today's episode. So if that's somebody, if you're in that same position, I should say, then this is definitely the episode for you. We're also gonna be talking about brand building and community building on Facebook. One of the sort of repositions that Kim has had uh, of late is content, 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 and content marketing, right? And a lot of us have been talking about that. I've been talking about that a lot myself on my YouTube channel. And uh, she has really taken it to another level with the content creators group on Facebook. And we talk about how she sort of happened upon this. And now it's over 1500 members in this group. And if you're looking to sort of gather like-minded people, um, the way that many of us were doing it years ago with sort of behind the, you know, behind the scenes, closed courses and paid memberships and things like that. Now, this is something of a different kind when we're building these open communities uh, on Facebook and really focusing the attention there because of all the tools and, and live streaming and podcasting tools that we have now that integrate with Facebook groups and the like. This episode is loaded with a ton of great information. I hope you get a lot out of it. It's a long one. Uh, so if you're commuting, this is definitely the good one for you. She's a good friend of mine. Check her out, kimdoyle.com. Check out the content creators group for sure. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It's mattreport.com. Let's get into the hey show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report podcast. Season seven, winding down. And to close it off with none other than my good friend, the woman, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Kim Doyle. Kim, welcome to the program. What's up, Matt? Thanks for having me back. This is super fun. <laughs> for folks who don't know who you are, give them that two-minute two minute elevator pitch. Who are you and what do you do? Um, I'm pretty close to saying formerly known as the WordPress chick, but I promise not to Bogart Prince's thunder there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just you know, WordPress chick went into, you know, started the podcast about five years ago, which totally shifted my business, kind of blew things up. Uh, relationships, I got a little obsessed with content, uh, had an agency, had an outsourcing company. I'm not a developer or designer, so that got tiring pretty quick. Um, closed out service work about a year and a half ago and all to pursue two things, content, all things content marketing and a SaaS product. So I've been doing this about 10 years, and I think that's the quickest elevator speech I've ever given. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of folks have been saying, Matt, you, you feel so down on WordPress, right? You're a WordPress-focused podcast, yet sometimes you're sort of just maybe saying that it's it's all over for us WordPress people, right? Uh, and I beg to differ. I sort of, a lot of the stuff I bring up is sort of just a... Um, you know, a, a, a fireside way of saying like, hey, we have to focus on other things other than WordPress because things are changing. Um, but what was it for you to say, you know what, this whole WP chick, WordPress chick thing, I'm going to put that on, on hold or just sort of just transition away from that brand and into something more 
media content SaaS focus. But what, what was that? What was that one nugget in time that you said, you know what, this is this is it right here. I'm going to stop it and move to this. It was it was totally a draw line in the sand, but it was really easy because I had contemplated this probably six years ago. I it was a happy accident for me to be honest with you to fall into it. Like I've said this before, I thought I was going to be this you know ebook info millionaire when I started my journey <laughs> ten years ago, and just I you know I I didn't have any training or anything. Fell in love with WordPress. I I do like to teach and train, and that was fun. But I found what happened is with the podcast. You know, I did that strictly because I wanted to have more fun. I, I was like, I have to pull more of my personality into my business. And so I did that. And I I really enjoy the creation piece of, of digital marketing in general. And I've just matured, I guess would be the best way to explain it and found my sweet spot through the doing, which is creating content. And I like... <laughs> The best way to say it to Matt, and it sounds so egotistical, but it's like, I'd rather be the star than the producer. I want an opportunity to be out there in front, having conversations, connecting and talking to people at the same time. For me with WordPress, um, you know, it's, I, I think where it's going, and if I can just touch on what you said about the whole space, WordPress is amazing. It's it's given so many people an, a business and a brand, and but we all grow and change, right? It's kind of like, and I, I don't remember who said it, but it's like, we'd all be, you know riding horses still if there wasn't evolution and things change, right, right. right? So there comes a point where the market's maturing. I think the people that that started businesses, WordPress is relatively young in terms of a business in general, maybe not in tech. Um, but, you know, as, as people grow and evolve, your interests and stuff do. And so for me, it was just, I, I really felt like I fell into, fell into it and never really wanted to do that type of a service work. Because also, again, I think there was a disconnect in feeling like, well, I've got designers and developers, I get the marketing, I get the content piece, but it's really hard when that's what's paying the bills. So I, I made a really conscious choice. Mind you, we thought the SaaS was gonna launch last year, but my life has been under bootstrap mode. But for me, I felt like, you know what, I'm not, I talk to people in the WordPress space on the podcast, I still love it and support it, but at the same time, that's not what gets me excited anymore. You know, so I don't know, it felt like I wasn't, I almost feel like people coming to the site, it's like the WordPress content and how to is too old. And I know too many people that are doing it really well. So why not, you know, give them leverage and use what I've built to say, hey, look what everybody else is doing. In the meantime, focus on what makes me happy. I think that some of the some of the reasons why um, there's this core shift or there's this core group of people that are sort of starting to say, hey, look, WordPress isn't the end all be all. Start thinking about shifting your business or maybe folks like you and I who have like been deeply rooted in WordPress branding saying, okay, we're, we're branching out, we're doing other things now. I think a lot of this is stemming from the maturation of not just us as human beings and as, as business owners, but of, of the entire market space. Um, things are getting easier. There is more product and competition out there for people to choose from. And people are able to find their groove with, let's say, Beaver Builder, Elementor, Divi, uh, you know, all of these different products. And people can all specialize in this huge array of, of, of products available to them that, you know, it's customers can build websites, you know, uh, like they never could before with the tools in place, you know, so long as they know what they're doing. I think there's a lot of pieces moving this market forward, um, you know, short of just uh, you and I you know, maturing our own businesses. And that's not really a question. That's just a, a thread of thought that I had as you were saying that. Um, what, what do you see in the landscape in terms of 
how businesses now are hiring people? Is it still a thing? <laughs> I mean, uh, in, in your circle of entrepreneurs, are people still you know, preaching, you got to hire the professional? Do they still go out and hire the professional? Or do they end up just doing it themselves still? Well, I think they may do it themselves. And depending on you know, their own sense of self-awareness, they're either going to end up hiring somebody or they're going to get really good at it and it's going to pivot something for them. And, you know, I agree. I, I think to your point too, about the, the market maturing in general. And so what I see too is, you know, so people will hire people, but you have to be able to bring more than say, I can build your site for you, you know, because I, it's, it's, it sounds so counterintuitive, but when I, I never wanted to do maintenance again, because I didn't want to be tech support. I never wanted to do it. Right. I just kind of fell into it. But the thing is, so then when somebody shows up two years later and it's like, Oh, can I get help? It's like, no, <laughs> you know, and that sounds crazy. But I think the, the point of being able to deliver more than just a website to a client, I, I, you know, it's interesting. So I had a recording before this and, and it's a company that does, uh, it's grin graphics. It's similar to like a design pickle, but they're more affordable actually, but they work with a lot of local people. And, and it seems like you guys, I'm only an hour, an hour and a half away from Silicon Valley. And I still struggled with local businesses, getting them online and getting them to understand the importance of it. They will all be there eventually, or they won't be there. That's a total, you know, crystal ball prediction. But if you want to keep growing, so to me, the opportunities there are to be more of a partner if you know with your clients you have to really be able to do the digital strategy and and help them craft messaging and and you know the the whole piece of content that I've gotten obsessed with is I love that there is this kind of two-sided there's sort of lifestyle content behind the scenes off the fly you know everything is content and then you've got the long form SEO the stuff that is relevant to search will always have its place so I think for people in this space it's time you got to up your game, right? It, you can't just deliver a static site anymore because the, the customer is going to wonder why it's not helping their business at a certain point. I'm going to ask you, maybe this is a, a more difficult question that you might not have the answer to. I certainly don't. Um, you know, what I've found is, you know, we all say, and by we all, I mean, you know, those of us who have been consultants for a while now giving advice, maybe people who are coming into the space, you know, anew is you have to be a partner. You have to do more than, than just the website. You have to sort of give them, you know, the, the opportunity ideas, uh, the marketing message, how to be social and you're, and you're sort of training these people on how to, to get themselves online uh, from a, a real like tactile level. How does somebody even begin to make a business transaction like that. So if I'm a freelancer and I'm a web designer by trade, I'm really good at it. I kind of know my you know way around SEO and this whole thing called content marketing. How do you even begin to make an agreement with a small business owner to get paid to continue to do the work that they actually need? Not just the website, but the ongoing stuff. Like, what does that even look like? Is it a contract? Is it just, you know, hourly? Uh, we'll meet every month. Like, what does it look like in your world or in your experience, what you see other people doing? Um, because that's always the hardest thing for me to sort of wrap my head around for the small business, right? I, I think you have to go in there and be willing to say, I want to use you as a case study. I'm going to give you three months free because you also don't have a track record, right? You have to be able to prove that you can give them an ROI, let them know. I would go in there and just be super honest and, and, and direct and say, let me help you tell your story. I want the people in this community to understand who you guys are, what you do and why they should do business with you. So therefore 
I'm shifting my, you know, my web dev agency. We're going to be doing more digital branding, digital media. We are a media company now, right? And so I would like to do this for you for free for three months. I'm going to track the ROI. We're going to measure what's working if we could do. And you have to know who you are, right? If you're not the person to go in and have a one-off once a month or do an update, then you need somebody that's willing to do that. You know, so you have to be able to have that relationship, but I would go in and do a case study and there's no, if you're going to do it, you know, they're going to get the ROI. They're going to know it. As soon as you start bringing them in, it's like all these people that still, and I'm not knocking BNI and local stuff because there are plenty of places that have strong local communities that are not just pass the business card, do a two minute pitch, right? So if you're willing to do that, go in and say, let me be a guinea pig. I'm going to tell you right off the bat that our services range from starting at $500 a month to a $2,000 a month retainer based on what we provide. So at the end of the three months, whether they continue to work with you or not, you at least have the case study, you've got the results and you can say to yourself, okay, well that, what we did for them is absolutely the $2,000 a month. You have to know how to measure your time and charge for it going into it. Um, you know, but my guess too, like the whole digital agency piece, there's so many pieces that fit together, you know, in, in like doing this creator, the content creator summit, it's like the in-depth conversations and all of the pieces that have to fit together. It, you just have to get that it's, this is the long-term gain. You're going to grow and develop practices. I mean, Matt, for the first time I've thought I need a content team. I need, you know, at this year, that is my goal to have small, we're talking two, three people that understand how I show up online, how to take my stuff and create, whether it's micro pieces of content or whatever, but it's going to be a process and I'll start with one person. So it was a long answer, but I really, I would go in and offer the case study. Let me, let me use you. I'm going to work for you for free, you know, and, and, and maybe go in and say, you know what, these normally cost 1500. So we're offering it at 500. If you can't do the, let me work for free piece. But, you know, I think a three month window is enough time to show somebody that they're going to gain traction. And then they, you know, but you also have to have a client who's willing to participate in that because you can't, you know, I think the, the media piece, you got to have somebody within that client's company that is willing to engage on the different platforms. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think for anybody listening to that, it's, it's, it's great advice because number one, if you're just starting out and you don't have that portfolio, you build the portfolio, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, a lot of designers out there, they say, you know, I never do work for free or here's why we don't work free. Look at, at some point it's not really free because you're get you're going to get a great either testimonial or case study that you're going to repurpose, uh, which is going to help you land another job. It's not just, you're not going to get paid. Um, if you don't get the case study, where the customer doesn't really cooperate, that's going to suck for you for sure. Um, but it's not, you know, purely for free. If you can capture a testimonial, it's going to be worth a lot of uh, a lot of money to you in the long term. Um, well, and really quick, Matt, can I speak one more sure. thing on that? Is that is that as you're doing that for your client, you can be creating content about your services, right? So you're essentially getting the case study, the testimonial also building your own content to show potential customers and clients what you do. And the thing is, I so get that I don't work for free, but there comes a point where I, I promise not to go into any Gary V. Kool-Aid song and dance, but the whole thing is, if he said, hey, Kim, you want to come work for free with me and do some podcasts? Do you think I'd say yes? Hell yes, <laughs> of course right? Would, because yeah. of the leverage. So you have to decide at some point, and I know, I mean, that was a far stretch, but if a local news station wanted to have me come do something with them, I would take it because of the leverage that I get by putting their logo on my site or talking about that. Hey, NBC called me, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a black and white answer. I think the working for free piece. Right. Right. Um, and, and 
also like getting the right client um, is super important because a lot of people are like, well, okay, I'm going to do this free thing. And then they march on down to like a pizza joint, you know, and the owner's flipping pizzas and they're just way too busy to even look at you. But you're like, I'll do this stuff for free. And that whole thing just goes south, right? Because it's not the right free customer. Um, there is a free, a good free customer out there that maybe that somebody already has a small team. Like you said, like you have to partner with somebody that's going to have maybe a, somebody who's manages a Facebook page part-time for them and they but they're also the you know the the accounting person in the company but at least somebody is dedicated to understanding digital media there um you know having the right customer for free is also going to pay off in spades look one of the reasons why i'm having i'm having here is to talk about your journey to SaaS, the sassy journey <laughs> right as one would say um what is what does that look like to you, you said that you know a couple of years ago you thought you were going to be the, the millionaire digital product person. Uh, I think a lot of us <laughs> like ten years ago, right, I like that, yeah, yeah, like ten years ago, like because we all thought, hey, the, the building blocks of this stuff is easy, right? You capture some people, you put them on an email list, you make some money, uh, and you call it a day. SaaS, a little bit different in your in your situation. Yeah, hugely different. And so the SaaS, it's, I am a little bit of a tool geek. I do love stuff. And it's, you know, for anybody in my personal life who knows, it's like, Matt, I was so not technical before I started this. It was definitely an inspiration or desperation. I was committed to finding something. And then I found that I kind of had a little bit of a knack for looking at some, is it usables and not? Anyway, so, you know, you, you pull in all WordPress, same thing. That's kind of how everything happened. I'm like, oh, well, I can show somebody how to use this plugin or whatever. So the more I played with stuff, the more I was like, oh my gosh. And then and of course, I, I would be hard pressed to find any entrepreneur who doesn't say I would love recurring revenue, right? So there's that piece there too. And it's just in going through things. It was like, God, I wish this existed. Or I wish this existed. And the quick story with the podcast, and this ties into, I mean, the, the SaaS, it ties into relationships, right? Is I met my business partner on the SaaS through the podcast. They have done, you know, over 100 WordPress plugins. I do white label plugins for people. He reached out pulling product off of Code Canyon said, hey, would you be up for doing a podcast? We're shifting this. I'm like, sure. Well, we had a Skype call first because sometimes you learn, I better connect with the person before I do an interview just in case it's going to suck. Right. <laughs> Which, just to be honest. And anyways, we hit it off. Two hours later, long story short, we just developed a friendship. And then he says, how oh, do you have any ideas for a plugin? Which I did at the time. We started working on something. And my idea for the plug at the time was, again, something that would have been helpful to me, which I wanted a nice way to purchase a product on a WordPress site that was not an entire shopping cart solution, solution, but was a nice one-page checkout that looked like SamCart or ThriveCart or ClickFunnels, just something that looked more like an actual cart, kind of. And so we kind of started working on that, but I, I really... It was kind of starting to get out of the WordPress space and not like I'm ever going to be out, but you know what I mean? And and so we started um, working on this, but I couldn't get excited about it because of the way the, you know, the pricing structure exists within WordPress products. It's I don't know if it's because it was open source or I, I feel like things are evolving, but that ecosystem is frustrating to me that people will complain about a hundred dollar a year license where when you have businesses who can measure an ROI on a product they're willing to pay for monthly that just felt better. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily have an idea. Long story short, I go to a website and I saw essentially what lead surveys is, which is you go to opt in, he asks a few questions, you get your thing. And I was like, oh my God, he totally just segmented me and he knows this, this, and this about me at the point of opt in, which I thought was friggin' brilliant. And so that was in the fall of 2016. And so I'm having this call with Gordon, my partner, and I'm like, 
So can we kind of table the plugin for a minute? I saw this thing and I tried to hack it 12 ways sideways. I'm like, maybe I can put a gravity form in a Thrive lead box and do this. And and then I had a developer look at it. He's like, yeah, we can do a plugin for this. But I I, I couldn't get excited about a plugin. I, I and I and I feel like that's sacrilegious almost to say, especially on your show. But I didn't want to struggle with people not being willing to pay for it. And there are so many environments that plugins have to exist in that, you know, I, my, my heart goes out to everybody who's created a plugin and sold it because it support and documentation. And yet it's like this one-off price or it finally, at least it's annually now. So, um, we started that and it was just, like I said, we thought it was going to launch last June. Um, my partner had some really major serious health issues. It's finally rolling out like this month in March. And and how do you how do you even begin to, well I, I guess half the battle is you have a great partner right uh, to to do the like the technical side but I mean how does somebody who isn't building software for a living certainly implementing it and advising people on what to choose from but how do you begin to sort of whiteboard and storyboard the the bits and pieces that go into this software how did you say no to some things yes to the others is that still something that you sort of deal with today. Well, yeah. And it was interesting because he constantly told me, Kim, what you want is not version zero. (laughs) (laughs) Even even though you've heard this story before and MVP and all this stuff, you were still coming in like the eager customer. Like I, this is exactly what I want. Build it now. Of course. Like even, even like the visual builder we have in there, I'm like, okay, well this does, cause we're, we we're basing a lot of stuff off the Google material design, which I didn't even know what that was till we started this. And so from that, I'm like, okay, so the visual builder is already going to have to have a new iteration. And I'm sure in a year, the whole thing will probably look different. Would be, I don't know. So how how we worked it is, you know, I come from the perspective that, I one, it does have to visually be appealing because I totally bounce with stuff looks dated or whatever. So that is important to me. At the same time, it has to be user-friendly. And again, my guess is that what's user-friendly to the guys that developed it and maybe me is not necessarily going to be user-friendly to our customers. So like, I'm, I'm super scared, Matt, to be honest with you. Like, I don't want it. I don't want people to get in and be like, Oh my God, this is this or that, whatever. But I know that that's part of the learning process. So one, I dove into every single possible SaaS that I could, that was kind of in the market um, and, and looked at what did I like about it? What don't I like about it? Is this clear? I mean, even the onboarding, right? There's so many tools that you can integrate with something. But again, that's not MVP to like start paying for something that's got like walkthrough tutorials or something. And so we have to we have to figure that out. And so tons of time in that. And then again, fortunately, my I, I couldn't have painted a better picture, to be honest with you, that I love content marketing. He's a developer. And I knew going into this that I wanted people to feel a part of the company growth. I didn't want to be like just a static software company. I wanted people to feel connected to us, to the growth, to the journey. I wanted us to tell the story. And so that was kind of where most of my energy went. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's all this stuff that you think is going to take everything takes longer, right? And mm-hmm. even as an example, like coming up with the, the solution to do recurring charging, right? We ended up with Braintree because you look at all these recurly and charge me and all these things and there was one thing or another that didn't work. And then looking at servers, again, you think, okay, great. We ended up going with Pagely. I don't know if I told you that. So we're using Pagely. I saw the orders come through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and again, but he, Gordon had that insight knowing, well, they do opt-in monster and so they've already set this up. And when can we start that? that going through there. So, you know, I 
it would never happen, right? If I just partnered with somebody, but even that <laughs> Gordon had it. I don't even, I think it's probably still on there, but the footer says we are not a startup because we're also not taking money on and investments on for this. The goal is, can we get this and grow this organically? We will absolutely invest in paid traffic as soon as we can. But you know, now it's kind of like, okay, here we go. It's going out to the public. Um, and so to me, it's like, how do we find that sweet space of being a quality product that is here for the long term at the same time having the content marketing that appeals to maybe a broader audience you know it's i i don't know it's it's like the wild west to me right now i know i'm committed to it and we're in it for the long term um never did i think it would take so long though just to get to mvp <laughs> how did you convince Gordon to do SaaS, somebody who has been doing plugins for so long. Um, you know, that's probably his core focus. That's how his development team is set up. And then here comes Kim with this great idea and says, yeah, I love you and all, but guess what? No plugin. <laughs> how did you, <laughs> how did you convince him to go a, a sort of traditional SaaS route and sort of fork away from what he's most comfortable with? Well, because I think he also sees a little bit of the writing on the wall and, you know, like, like doing Oh, they did a lot of white label, right? So they would do white label and he, they had a couple like JVZoo products, which he hates that marketing. He hates that whole thing. And, you know, but it's like watching that, I think it was kind of the same thing that he's been in this space long enough. And I, again, super lucky that I connected with him because he has an understanding of some of the marketing stuff. But, um, I think for him, it was also like, this is something that we can really build on especially after having gone from having WordPress plugins in the Envato marketplace, them changing their structure, and then to be selling a plugin off of a standalone brand or site, well, you know, where's the content? Where's the push? Where you, it's like a whole marketing thing there. Whereas, you know, I look at, and again, I, I studied, I really went so in depth, Matt, on what ClickFunnels built and forget whether or not you like the product, but how did they build that when lead pages own that marketplace, but they totally surpass them without any venture capital, without they're good marketers, right? And so, and again, people may think it's a crappy product, six of one. <laughs> I looked at it and I think Gordon saw this is tangible. And the other thing is he saw it from a SaaS perspective that market, the more we can personalize what we deliver to customers, whether it's content or offers or, you know, just simple communication. If you can really personalize the marketing, then you don't need to go for, I have to have a 50,000 person list. You can have a 2000 person list. If you know who they are and what they want, you know what to provide them. And so that's kind of what lead surveys does. And so I think he saw the potential in it as well. And, and, you know, lead generation is never going to go anywhere, right? So what it looks like and how it evolves. And of course, I want it to do like 5,000 things, which hopefully eventually it will. Um, but I, I, I think he saw this also as not having to put a plug-in out and the one-off sale. I, I just think he you know, really looked at it like, okay, this has got some potential to grow and sell if that was something we wanted to do, if we do it correctly. What are, what are the big changes that you think that you'll go through either personally or professionally, when the company starts, uh, you know, taking in more customers, it's official, the doors are open, uh, sales are coming through, uh, maybe the first, you know, 60 days, uh, there's a lot of interest, people are coming in and signing up and everything looks great. But then, you know, like all businesses, well, 
it's time for me to sort of beat the street a little bit. Um, I have to get out there. I have to start making other relationships. Uh, maybe it's going to more sort of SaaS-oriented conferences and, and making relationships in person and that kind of thing. What do you think those big challenges are for you personally and professionally you're going to have to go through? Um, well, I, I think I'm going to have to get really clear on what my role is in the sense that, you know, that I, I can't speak to the technology the way Gordon can, right? I do know that. And so at the same time, Matt, I'm so cognizant that I do not want this to be like, like we've got a podcast. I don't want it to be the Kim Doyle show. So how do we do, how do I structure this, you know, and again, to use ClickFunnels, like Russell's so tied to so much of their content. How do we structure this in a way that allows the company to grow and, knowing myself, you know, like what, where will I be most helpful? So like, to your point, like SAS conferences, I've already started subscribing and looking at the different ones. And I could probably bet you that I would be a total fly on the wall and just absorbing being in that space. And, and how do we, cause this is the long game. I'm not in this to be a JB zoo product. And, you know, so how do we do that? Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of that self-awareness a piece. And, and, and when you said, you know, it starts looking at, okay, so we get some initial traction going and I'm going to use a lot of the stuff that's already worked for me, podcasting. That's why we're doing a podcast. And, but I'm willing, you know, we've talked about it. If I have to hop on a plane and go meet an influencer and give them the product and onboard them and create content around that, I will do that all day long, you know? And so it is, this is, it's, I don't know. I like I said, I'm nervous, but I think the transparency and being honest about this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Let us know what you think and owning it. If we muck up, then we own it. You know, so it's it's that level of it. So I do think stepping into that space. The other challenges I think, Matt, too, is as I shift with, um, you know, going into a personal brand because it, it, it's like, again, uh, we're in this for the long haul. But what is there if there's an opportunity in five years to sell, is that something we'd want to do? And I don't want to be left with nothing. Like I don't ever see myself retiring. I don't know what that looks like, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, so it's, it's finding that balance of, I don't want to give up the relationships and connections and stuff that really personally fulfills me while growing this at the same time, this is a huge commitment I've made and I'm not going to let him down either. So I, I think it's just, massive self-awareness, I tell you, like doing a check-in, is this working? Is this not? And, you know, I'll tell you with the content marketing piece of this, like I already know that, you know, like Kyle Gray, um, who wrote the story engine, he was brought on with WP curve. I already told Kyle, there will be a point I want to bring you on for long form content. You can do that. So it's looking at it too and saying to Gordon, okay, where is, when can we take money out just to keep our lives moving forward, but yet invest in paid traffic? I already have an agency lined up to do paid traffic. I don't want to touch it. You know, so it's knowing those things that that will be hugely important and setting it up to say, I am not the person to do that and build that. How much of all of this stuff is a culmination of you investing in yourself on the business side, um, we've talked before in the past that you know you're, you, you know we we often joke sort of on the outside, and we being like the collective we of us on Facebook and on Twitter, like oh these internet marketers, oh these you know ten thousand dollar masterminds. Um, but uh, you once told me one of our very first conversations that if if you think it's going to be a true investment, and you'll have a true outcome that you really don't bat an eyelash at any of this stuff because you know that and you know that's a drop in the bucket compared to what you'll make maybe not immediately but maybe in 2 3 5 years time how much of where kim doyle is today is attributed to 
some of that investment in in your own professional life? I don't know if I, you know, prob, I would say there's, I don't know, maybe 50% of it. I'm, you know, it's funny, Matt, I'm such a Pollyanna. I really am. Like, I always choose to to look on, you know, glasses half full kind of. And what's interesting, though, is as I have grown, I'll tell you the best thing I ever did besides my podcast was going back to fundamentals. And I invested in the high ticket masterminds. I have a different view on that today. Like, if I you know, one of the things I'd love to do is like Vayner Media is doing a four day deep dive. You go to Vayner Media, 10 grand, and you work with them for the day. And I'm like, that'd be kind of fun, right? Of course, I'd create content around it. But the the whole high ticket mastermind thing, you know, I'm so much more interested in walking away with something tangible. And I think it's because of where my level of confidence has grown within myself. So as soon as, you know, I started just walking the walk, and I, I really got into this obsession of mastery and enjoyed writing. I enjoyed getting better at something. I enjoyed, I, I it felt really good to say, okay, I'm going to do my daily emails, which poor things have gotten sideways, but it felt really good to show up and do that for myself. And it was the easiest thing that led to sales also, because people saw me walking the walk all the friggin' time. And so, you know, investing in that stuff, I still have I call her like my life mentor, the therapist I found when I lost my husband because she's such a huge champion of of how I move through the world and and you know if I get off track she kind of helps me point the rudder straight. But you know mentors and stuff, it's interesting because I don't like if I were to hire a mentor, you know I say one of the people I'd be interested in hiring is Brian Kurtz, who um, worked. He's he's republishing all the Eugene Schwartz books. He's been in traditional advertising and he's a copywriter and and. It's more from a, I'm at this level where it's like, I would look more for the true scale and grow a business versus the internet marketing space. But I will tell you that having done that high ticket mastermind was brilliant for the relationships I gained. I had some really cool experiences. Um, but two, I got out of my mindset of the the crappy, you know, charging and, and dollars that I was gaining. You know, it was like, oh, people actually do charge this then to get out of it, I just, this whole idea of high ticket for the sake of high ticket, it never felt right to me. And, you know, coming up with something just so you can sell a consulting thing for five grand, it's never going to work. I'm really one of those people that I have to be in alignment with how I feel. You know, like Matt, like I would, I love, that's, I think why I like Gary Vee. Cause he's like, let me just give content, give it. And if I can guilt you into buying a book, great. Right. So I'm like, Hmm. I, if, if nobody's demanding of my time and I can just give and show up and do it when it works for me, then I'll do it all day long. Right. But of course we need to make money, which is where the SAS comes in and maybe doing some other stuff with content creators. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that whole piece of investing in yourself, you have to really be in alignment. Like the last course I bought was the virtual summit mastery because I knew I wanted to run a summit and it was in alignment with what I was doing and where I was at. And it was a great investment, no regrets. So now and again, this is just from experience. And I would guess you would feel the same way. It's when you get to the point of, well, I don't need another Instagram course because I don't have an eighth of an hour extra to give to that right now. So if it's relevant to what I'm doing and it's a missing piece, then I don't think about it. But right now I have too much work to do and I'm too focused that I'm like, okay, I don't need to invest in coaching or anything right now. There will be a point when I do again, but right now I'm good. Speaking of no time on your hands, 
content creators group. <laughs> I remember when you first kicked that off, uh, maybe I was like one of, of the first 50 or so, I, I don't recall now, uh, over 1,200 uh, members now in this group. Um, what is the goal? What, what, what is the whole motivation behind this? I find this to be one of the more active or most active groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, but also one of the most um, uh, fulfilling and one that has the most value in it, right? I'm in a whole bunch of groups. A lot of it's just either like self-promotion stuff uh, or just, you know, just so much noise that I get nothing out of it at all. Um, you know, I, I it's, it's funny. I'm starting this local podcast for, you know, local businesses in my area and somebody started a local Facebook group uh, recently and it's, uh, I forget the full name of it, but it's something like the 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 power players, right, of, of, our, <laughs> of our area. And, you know, it was a great twist. They invited all these people to it. Uh, but guess what? Nobody posts anything in it, rarely. And the girl who started the group every week maybe posts her services page, you know, at least two to three times to tell people that she's available for for hire. And I'm just like, wait a minute, what what are we doing here? Uh, content creators, the group, the why, the motivation, give it to me. First of all, thank you. That makes me totally happy. Um, the why was originally um, I was thinking I was going to do a membership a premium membership, right? Around content creation, because I'll do a course here and there, but I also know that I didn't want to have to, to go back and, um, re and then update an entire course, which is always tricky when you've got tech involved. Right. Um, but so I was like, let's build the community first. Right. And so that was the original intent. Um, and I just, I knew I was committed to showing up because I've done other groups and stuff before. And it's, I just, I, I think when I let go of the service stuff, Matt, I found it was like winning the time lottery. I say that all the time. And I thought, okay, well, again, I've learned this whole mastery piece. So relationships and connections take time to grow and foster. I'm willing to do this for the long haul. And so that was the original thing. Right. And, and I, it, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. Like I, it makes me giddy when I see other people welcoming new members. And so then it's like, okay, let's find a structure. At the same time, I don't want it to be like this wash, rinse, repeat, even though we do like Monday, what are your plans for the week, share your content, that type of stuff. So it's tricky right now just because my time is tight, but I'm going to be brutally honest. And it's like, I don't know what the end game is with, with it other than I want to keep scaling it and growing it. And I want the community to kind of drive that. And, and this comes back to that self-awareness piece, right? So, so like I did this little everything is content mini course. Okay, well, that's great. I can, you know, and here's a group of people who've already told me they're interested in content. They, they know that I live that mantra. At the same time, they trust me because I'm showing up and engaging as often as I can, you know, and so it was very fascinating. And then again, this whole self-awareness piece, I was like, all right, let's be honest, Kim, like you're not 25, like how much time can you give to everything? So where is the best value? I, again, it's so funny, Matt, like if somebody told me I had to show up in that group X amount of times a week, I'd probably go into resistance. But the fact that I get to choose and be kind and, and have fun and be a decent human being, it, it's a, it, it's a totally different perspective for me. So, you know, doing this content summit, I'm like, well, what if that was it? What if I just did that the summit like three times a year? Mm. That was it. And build a community. And that's it, 
right? And and so, which like kind of makes me giddy because all of a sudden I don't have, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think I've done enough personal self-work that I understand what works best for me. Here's a great example. I, I interviewed these guys for the summit that have a new graphics. I was telling you the graphics company and one of them is like, can I just ask you a question? I said, he's like, well, why are you doing this? Like for them, like strangers, why did we connect all of that? And I'm like, it, it's sort of that no such thing as a selfless good deed. I feel so good when I get the feedback and it drives me. So it's kind of that putting the fuel in the car. It totally fuels me to do more. Right. Mm. And I think it's sort of this blind faith, to be honest with you, Matt, that people are gonna, it's going to pay off. Right. And it's, it's not why I'm doing it, but it's like kind of just, I don't know. It's like these value deposits that I'm putting in the world and it makes me feel good. I have a ton of fun creating content and as much as I'm tired of bootstrapping my life, I'm just trusting it really. You know, like I said, I thought lead surveys would have been launched sooner. So therefore there wasn't an attachment, but I feel like the second I attach how I have to monetize my, my commitment to that community, it's going to go sideways. So I have to just trust. Yeah. You know, the, uh, that whole sort of blind faith thing is, I guess, something I've uh, been uh, subscribing to for a while, uh, sort of unknown to me, really. I I look back and say, when I started this podcast, it it was five years ago, and like all this stuff, uh, audio and like these little mini event things that I've done online for the Mariport and WordPress in general, it's just like, man, you know, I never really did anything. Uh, with a core focus to sell something like it was like this content creation stuff has never been like here's the here's my podcast and then go buy this like you you never really heard any of that stuff for me and, and I think that um, like yourself it's it's one of these things is because we really enjoy helping people and making those connections um, you know for 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 people to, for their own benefit right and then maybe yeah people see us and they say I'm gonna go you know sign up for uh, for her SAS or her course or her, you know, mastermind or whatever. Um, I guess that's good and bad. It's something I've sort of been wrestling in my head. Like there's no real plan, <laughs> right? There's like, there's no real guiding light, you know, to monetize this thing. It's sort of like, no, oh, it just keeps me in, on the top of people's minds. And if they need whatever hosting or some consulting, I'm, I'm here for them. Um, something that is, is just, I sort of wrestle with still today, I guess. Well, you know what, Matt, like I, and I so get that because I do, we need money to exist right on this planet. And so it's, it's not, and, and again, it's not so altruistic. It's like, I love it. It's ha- it makes me feel good. And here's a great example. So I, I showed up, I did a live stream, um, in Landon Porter's group, this getting clients thing, which again, I'm not doing sales or getting clients, but again, I wanted to talk about content. It was two hours long. And from that experience, I don't know how many people joined the Facebook group that night. I had a few people buy the little everything is content course. One person reached out to me to say, I'd love to hop on a call with you because one of the things I said, this is happening this year. I have to get some admin support. I dropped the ball too much. I've got too many things going on. It's not my strength. And so sure enough, she shows up and is like, if you ever need admin support, she introduced me to somebody. She saw that I had dental issues. She's like, Hey, I saw you're still in pain. Do you need any help with your summit? I haven't hired her. I'm not, you know, but the point is somebody watched me for two hours. They hung out with me. I delivered value. And so there's that piece. But again, to back it up, Matt, like I knew the whole drawing a line in the sand was I want recurring revenue and recurring revenue that allows me to to focus on my strengths, which is the content and showing up and connecting. And so 
I, I don't want to get into energy and any crazy woo-woo stuff, but I think that that commitment happened long before it came to fruition because I knew I had to find another way. And so it, it might look different. Like I might be launching a membership through that if lead surveys wasn't coming, mm. right? But but the truth is, it's like where, because I started thinking about it, Matt, and the whole thing with the membership was going to be, let's do a train, just one training a month. So it's going to be a low price point on maybe this month it's Anchor, maybe it's Medium, maybe it's, you know, making micro content out of one blog post, but really showing people how to do that. And then I had to say to myself, is this something you can really commit to? Right. <laughs> like, let's be honest here, right? Because again, I mean, that's like, you know, totally throwing Gordon under the bus. If I'm like, I'm going to go do this, you know, you, you do all the grunt behind the scenes and I'll hit the content for lead surveys when I can. I'm like, that's, that's not fair. And I'm super committed to that. So I, I look at it that, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's so many things will come from it. And I think other opportunities might as well. Like I did a content strategy call with Landon after being on that live stream for, because it blows my mind still, right? When you've been around the space, you you feel like, well, everybody knows they're, they're supposed to be doing content and how to do it and blah, 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 but they don't. And I see a lot of people that have come into sort of the digital marketing, internet marketing space. And they're like, well, I just need click funnels and I just need this. And it's like, no, you don't. Especially, you know, he's growing a Facebook group with like 13,000 people. I'm like, Landon, you need a brand. Like mm. you got to be out there. Like you have a tribe of people who adore you. Like you need to own your own property. You need to have a place to send people sort of that basic stuff. So then even from that, I was like, I could totally sell like one-off strategies because I don't want to do long-term coaching. Again, because all of a sudden now I've got a commitment to show up every week and it just, it's really weird. I'm not commitment phobic, but it's when people don't do the work in between that I feel like I'm wasting my time and then I get resentful. So, you know, the self-awareness piece is key in all of this. Like, what do you want to do that you can do consistently that works with your lifestyle? I mean, Matt, you've got two little kids, right? So right. that dictates a ton. Yes. I've got a 17 and a 21 year old, very different. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I think growing a community, I don't know. I, I wish I had done it sooner, but obviously I think everything happens when it's supposed to. Yeah. The, the whole membership thing is something, and I just, uh, the, the previous episode to this was having Troy Dean back on, uh, to talk about, um, memberships and, and internet marketing and things like that. Uh, so many people are caught up and I was actually thinking about this today, you know, unrelated to our, our interview, uh, because I think so many of us are uh, driven by, you know, we hear these stories, we see these other successful people and we say, okay, those are the building blocks I need. Like I, I see them, you know, want, I see them doing all these things and that's what I want to do. You know, I want to write a book. So I'm going to see, you know, this, I just listened to this author. They wrote a book. They were super successful. They're on all these podcasts and they're doing these interviews. I want to do the same thing. This person built a SaaS, super successful. I want to do the same thing. Um, and they look at that as they, they hear the story once, <laughs> you know, in, in 30 minutes. And, and they say, that's the blueprint. They don't realize that a decade prior was all <laughs> of this other stuff, right, that these people were doing. And what we do is we get hyper-focused on these little phases of things. So we go, okay. Writing the book. Okay, I understand. I got to sit down and write. No problem, right? And I get that part, but how do I market this book? Like, wh wh what's my book cover going to look like? What's the title going to be, <laughs> right? And then we get hyper-focused in on like all these other areas. And then we go, oh shit, we got to write the book, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> oh, but I've got the book side up. Right, oh, but now I, I got to write the book. But now I got to write the book. And and I fell into the same thing years ago when I did a, a, a sort of membership slash mastermind for, for the Matt Report was 
I had all the technicals in place, got the landing page in place, did some pricing adjustments, uh, found some features that people wanted, and I thought that that was it. I thought that's all I needed. Uh, what I didn't realize is exactly what you just outlined was, oh my God, the, the time that's needed to commit to continue to bring value to somebody month after month, that's the hard part. Everything else is easy, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, everything else is easy. It's that after uh, that a lot of us still to this day, even though we hear it 50,000 times, forget. Maybe because we just don't know it yet. And that's fine. Uh, it's just that's the part that you're going to have to learn. That's the margin right there that you play in that's either going to make or break you uh, in this you know, journey of, you know, I even hate to say this journey of entrepreneurship, but in this journey of entrepreneurship, that's the, those are the gaps that, that make or break, uh, all of us. It is. And so it's, you know, when I was talking about self-awareness, I swear, I feel like I'm totally a Gary V, um, repeat robot, but it's, it's owning that. Like I didn't get into this to, to do it the way someone else tells me I'm supposed to do it. Right. And, but it, you don't know that until you go through it. And if if I can shorten a learning curve for somebody, then great. But, you know, really digging down and what do I enjoy doing? What can I do consistently? Where do I, I swear, I did a manifesto after a crazy Skype rant with a friend. I'm like, that's it. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. It took a while to get there. And obviously there are pieces of my business that I don't enjoy as much. But again, showing up in a community that I have fostered that people feel they matter, like it feels so self-serving, right? It's like my own little wannabe Oprah inside of me or something like this feels really good. And <laughs> but but again, it's like you have to do that. You know how many times like so I remember John Perez and I did a course on it was sell with WordPress and it took forever to pull this together between the two of us and thought, God, everyone's going to need this, right? You can use WooCommerce. You can use Zaxa. You can use, you know, EDD like you can use Gumroad. Well, half of it's, you know, not even half, 80% of it's in the marketing. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's like, were we doing a course? Cause we, I, I did a lot of that stuff. Cause I felt like I had to do it. And the two things that I did in my business that I never felt like I had to do, but I wanted to do were the best things, the podcast and getting into the daily email. Cause the daily email helped me. Well, the podcast helped me find my voice, but then just showing myself that I could be consistent that frequently and that I could appreciate the, the, the perfection of the craft, which it's a lifetime process made me, it just, I was like, wow, well, what if I apply this here? What if I practice this for 15 minutes a day? What if I implement this? And so, you know, I, I think you, ha it's through the doing that you're going to get clear. Um, you know, but monetizing your business, like you have to really decide what works for you. You know, some of these Facebook groups, Matt, like, I'll see them. I'm like, oh my God, they're like live streaming like three times over the weekend. And there's some times where I'm like, I don't want to open Facebook this weekend. Right. <laughs> you know, so I needed to create a group that wasn't in that, you know, I'm working 24 seven. What are you doing? Are you watching Netflix? Well, yes, yes, I am because yeah. I like to do that. And it right. was five hours straight and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where you, that's where your Gary V shuts off. You're like, ah, oh, no, it's, the, it's the weekend. I got some net, Netflix binging to do. Well, yeah, but even if you listen to him, this is why I was thinking, like, I need to write a post, my love-hate-love -love relationship with Gary, because when he's, he's basically says, it's fine if you want to do that, but don't complain then. Right. Right. And right. I, I really don't think I'm a complainer. So, but, but exactly. I, I have to check out. I have like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I've become antisocial because I'm on so much during the week that I'm like, I could go the whole weekend and not talk to anybody sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know I could. I know I could. Um, speaking of the content creators group, as we wind down this 
episode. Uh, we have a few questions from po- folks that posted um, to the question that I had posted. <laughs> if you have questions for Kim, let me know. And we'll kick it off with uh, Devinder's first question is, what would Kim do if her computer and phone was taken away? Uh, read or paint after getting a massage. <laughs> oh, there you go. This is yeah. I, I was an art major for a while and, and like art was a huge part of my life as a kid. And I recently picked up watercolors last fall. I've already planned like that's going to be like when I joke about retirement, I'm all I'm going to become a famous watercolor artist. I don't know why it has to be famous, but I'm going to spend a lot of time painting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you already answered number two, which is memberships versus standalone courses. Um, besides Gary V, any other content uh, folks that you follow is doing a really good job. Um, you know, I do follow the click funnels just to watch what they're doing. Um, and, and through that, of course you get all these other suggested, um, people, one, uh, one person, and this is, you know, and I'd love your thoughts on this, Matt. I don't mean to go sideways with time, but I've started looking at content outside of my space too, right. Or because I find inspiration in different areas. I do love Ryan holiday and he really made me think like looking at all these things figures and stuff in history. And I'm subscribed to his daily stoic or, um, I I got a bullet journal, which is funny because I'm so resistant about having to do a certain way, but I've turned it into my own thing. Now I follow YouTubers who are like doodlers and artists and what they're doing with their bullet journal. And I find when I take the time, like, I I don't know if you knew this, I I had a scrapbook store way back in 98, right? So I've got stickers and pens to, to no end, but like, Ooh, I get to go get new pens. And so I find that taking the time to work through stuff. Um, you know, I'm sort of writing a new money story for myself. That's my like personal little project right now. And I'm going through some sort of exercises, but it's, it's have, so I watch what they're doing with their bullet journals and it gives me inspirational ideas. And then of course I'm like, okay, well, as I'm doing this, could I take pictures of what I'm doing? And could I share that piece, you know, but I get inspiration from other areas now too. So it's, I just get inspired by anybody that is doing something on their own terms. Um, but I do Gary Vee. I watch the click funnels content. I actually have a lot of spiritual stuff that I listen to. I am, I joke that I'm the recovering Catholic, but I have sp- just, just to bring me back to a, a grounded centered place. Um, so yeah, it's kind of across the board, but yeah, I listen to a lot of Disney show tunes also. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where this goes right off the tracks. Um, no, I, I totally I totally agree with you. Um, I mentioned to you before that some of the stuff that I follow on, on YouTube is like video gamers and just how they connect with their community, the different sort of uh, schemes in a good way that they come up with to, uh, you know, just create, uh, you know, more community engagement and the types of content that they put out. Um, charitable work that a lot of these video game streamers do. Like they'll stream, they'll like do 24 hour stream, just play video games for 24 hours just to raise money. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, follow a lot of like just really watching the way comedians deliver their, their work. Um, I recently watched back to back. I watched the Chris Rock special on Netflix. And then I watched the fourth and final or fifth and final, um, uh, Dave Chappelle uh, on Netflix and whatever regardless of your political standings and your taste of comedy um, both of them were sort of delivering I guess I don't know I, I don't even know what the technical term is for it but I guess political humor uh, you know just sort of really depicting what's going on in in the, the political climate and cultural climate of, of today and I just felt like Chris Rock was just yelling at me about it and uh, Chappelle was much more let's understand it and then make fun of it, right? Like, you know, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and I was just like, wow, the two of these guys who I, you know, Chris Rock is, you know, 
he's up there. And then Chappelle is, he's up there too. But it's like, wow, two huge, hugely different takes on today's world. Uh, one was just smash, smash, smash. And the other one was just like, no, let's, let's bring it down. Let's understand it. And then here comes the joke. And I, I just thought it was just amazing to see the two back to back. You know what? You So many things popped into my head from that. <clears throat> and it, it's funny because everything I do, like my kids make fun of me because I will rewatch like the first four Harry Potters. I'm a total Harry Potter geek because that's before they got too dark, right? Like I'll, I'll have them on the background if I'm on my laptop or something. I, uh, so much of what I do is based on how it makes me feel, but anything that I consume. Right. <clears throat> and so it made me think too, like one of the things I liked what, on Netflix was even the uh, comedians and cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. Right. So to me, that's a testament of the type of content that people want also. So we get to go behind the scenes with these famous people and just watch and, and not to mention they're funny. Right. So you watch that or like I was looking at fell in love with the greatest showman literally saw it twice know the whole soundtrack and again these are all these like feel-good things that i love but at the same time i watched how they put that movie out and they did all these behind the scenes here's a clip with hugh jackman and the director talking about this and then they show you them practicing in rehearsal and i was like this is it's fascinating to me mm -hmm. so i love watching how different markets are taking it and you know you look at different brands and and big companies who are getting that they need to tell a story one of my favorite examples and i'm sorry i'm totally rambly today but uh, maybe it was all the coffee <laughs> is um when uh the spider-man um homecoming came out and I, I think they were replacing him already. But anyways, that movie came out, I want to say, was it last summer, last year? And it was so fun because the commercials that I saw on TV were Spider-Man, the kid, well, he was Peter Parker at the time, going to get his driver's license. And of course, he's in an Audi, which is lent to him from his friend, Tony Stark, right? So right. here's this commercial <laughs> for Audi and Spider-Man, but they're telling a story and it's hysterical because the driver, and I don't remember the comedian's name, but the instructor, and it's like, you see him hopping out to get bad guys and stuff. I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing to watch the shifts of the storytelling and what compels people, you know? So I, I feel like there's so many people need to stop getting offended by things that aren't done the way they do them because there's so much, it's kind of that silence between the notes, right? That's where the magic happens. And if you can look at something that maybe doesn't really, you know, insult your beliefs. I'm not talking about that. But, you know, I look at internet marketing and people get so pissed off with, oh, why do you want a Lamborghini? And, and it's like, I don't care what people want. I could care less. I mean, that marketing's not working. But if if the way they market, I can watch how they do an email sequence or I can watch how somebody does something and say, I like that I didn't, you know, so there's so many, you, you can learn everything you need for free if you pay attention mm. and study it. Um, but I think the inspiration can be pulled from so many, so many different places. Kim Doyle, everybody. Kim, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, WordPress chick still, <laughs> the WPChick.com. KimDoyle.com is up. Um, my fabulous friend, Devender, has done the site. It's so pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but uh, yeah, word, the WPChick.com and of course, LeadSurveys.io and the Facebook group. <laughs> Awesome. I, I definitely uh, want everybody listening to this to check out the content creators group. I've been sending people over there uh, for a little while now. Um, it's always good. Or we're actually over 1,300. I said 1,200 before. Over th almost 1,400 at, at the time of this recording. So go ahead, search for it on the – I say I almost said search for us. I, that's, that's how much of a <laughs> member I feel like. Like search for us, right, on, the, on Facebook content creators it. group. Uh, it's definitely worth your time your attention. It's MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode.
Hey, everybody, thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode and supporting The Matt Report. For over five years now, it's been a pleasure of mine. It was a pleasure to have this guest on today to talk about uh, their business and how they run it. Speaking of business, if you have something you're launching, you have a new website, a new marketing page, a new product, anything that could use a second set of eyes, you can find me at userfeedbackvideos.com. That's userfeedbackvideos.com, where I will review your product, your landing page, your funnel, whatever workflow or starting point you want me to take a look at online. I'll do that. I'll record it. I'll send it to you in a private screencast with my feedback uh, from over a decade of experience in this space, marketing, technology, WordPress, and otherwise. I hope to see you there. It's userfeedbackvideos.com. It's like having a co-founder for 59 bucks.